0: Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Olmo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hey, what we do with our hands so often reminds us of what's happening in our heart. What we do with our hands so often tells people what's happening in our heart. Like if, if I meet someone for the first time and I extend a hand to them, I can say welcome with the use of my hands. If there's someone that I really kind of got a bit of a close relationship with, it might be more than a handshake. It might be a tap on the shoulder and a kind of a cool handshake. If I wanna celebrate something, like you know a young guy leading worship, I might give them a high five. If I think that they might have a cold, I might give them a fist pump. <laughs> Right, The things that we do with our hands reflect what's happening in our heart. I could take the hand of a child, Jimmy, <laughs> stand up here, buddy, and help them across the road so they don't get hit by a car. Or occasionally, we might grab hands, a whole group of us, and stand in solidarity. Occasionally, we might connect hands in romance. See, what we do with our hands reflects what is happening in our heart. We can give a thumbs up to say thanks or well done or I've got this or I'm happy. We could give two fingers to say victory. We could use the same two fingers though, can't we? To say go get stuffed. (laughs) And if we say that to someone, they might use their hands to slap us or their fist to punch us. You see, what we do with our hands reflects what's happening in our heart. What Jesus did with his hands reflected what was happening in his heart. You see, Jesus used his hands to show to people the heart of God. And the Bible in places goes into great detail to let us know when Jesus touched someone. It's fine on the detail at times to say that Jesus reached out his hand or Jesus placed his hands on someone. Because when Jesus used his hands, it was a reflection of what was going on in his heart. There's a story that's told in Mark chapter 10, where there's a whole bunch of kids that are attracted to Jesus. There was something about Jesus that kids wanted to hang out with him. That's a cool guy, isn't it? When you see someone that the kids just want to be around. But all these disciples are getting worked up and they say to Jesus, Jesus, come on, we've got some important work to do. Get rid of all these children move the children, and they're trying to get rid of the children. And Jesus says to his disciples, he rebukes them and says, no, 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 let the kids come to me. And the Bible says this, it says he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. You see, that very action, people would have seen that and it reflected something about the heart of God. It's why as a church we welcome kids and kids' noise and kids' mess and sometimes kids not knowing all the right moves and when to stand and when to sit and when to sneeze and when to make a comment about what's happening in the service because that's what Jesus was like. He welcomed the children. And He welcomes those of us that come to Him with a childlike faith. We mightn't be a child in stature or nature, but we might be a child in our faith. And we may not know all the right things to do and say according to other people's expectations of us. But Jesus says, anything that gets in the way of you coming to me, get out of the way. And Jesus took on the kids and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. In Mark chapter eight, we read one of many, many stories where Jesus brought healing to someone by using his hands. Now, it wasn't that there was magic in the hands of Jesus because there's other healings where Jesus uses his words or when someone else touches him or his cloak. But in Mark chapter 8, it talks about a blind man, and it says that once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. A man that cannot see, who cannot visualize Jesus or the person that is talking to them, now feels his touch on their eyes. And it says that when Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. You see, the heart of God is reflected in the way Jesus used his hands. What about not just a cool healing story or kids that want to be around Jesus? What about in Jesus' worst moment? Jesus has been with his disciples. He's now in the Garden of Gethsemane. One of his close friends, Judas, has now betrayed him. And it says, they come to arrest Jesus. This is not a good moment, is it? Like Jesus is confronted with his death. He knows what is to come. He's overwhelmed with anxiety. It says he's just been praying in the garden and dropping sweat that is like blood and people come to arrest him. If you ever get caught in that moment, I bet you're not in your your best kind of state of mind. And so Jesus is carried off. I'm sure it wasn't a pleasant or a nice arrest. I'm sure there was plenty of violence and tussling in the way they arrested him. And as they dragged Jesus off, some of his closest friends, his disciples, say, we need to protect our friend. And the Bible, it tells us in all the gospel stories of Jesus, Peter draws a sword and lops off the ear of one of the attendants of the high priest that had come to arrest Jesus. Now, put yourself in that space. Now, I'm not advocating violence, but I'm gonna suggest if that was me in that space and one of my friends came to my rescue, there'd be a little bit of my spirit going, oh, good, we got one on them. But what happens in that moment? One of Jesus' enemies that comes to arrest him, Jesus stops and says, we don't do it this way. And it says this in Luke chapter 22. 22. When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, shall we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and he healed him. Something that, that says something powerful about the heart of God, that even his enemies receive his touch and receive healing. You see, the way we use our hands reflects so often what's happening in our heart. As I said, not every healing miracle involved Jesus touching someone. There were some incredible words that Jesus spoke over people uh, that saw them healed. There were moments, as I said, where people touched just the garments that he was wearing and received healing. But it's like God knows when someone needs to receive his touch. There's an incredible story that's told in the Gospel of Mark. As as of a a man who seeks healing, the Bible tells us he's a leper. And we've spoken about this before, but let me give you context if this is a new story for you. But lepers in Jesus' day were people that had a debilitating skin condition. Leprosy still exists today. It's not a disease that's completely disappeared off the radar, but but it's not something we hear about. I don't know, in our community, we don't hear of leprosy very often. It is still present more significantly in other parts of the world but in our backyard, we don't hear about leprosy that often. But in Jesus' day, leprosy was a significant skin condition. And, and lepers were often seen in their skin condition. See, one of the things that leprosy does is it takes away your ability to, under, or to, to touch things and know that you're touching them. So you start to lose some of the nerve sensations. So you could rest your hand on a hot plate and have no idea that your hand was rested on a hot plate. Now you can imagine what that would do to your hand. See, lepers had this condition that was visible for all to see. And in Jesus' day, lepers were seen as ultimately some of the most uncleanest, untouchable people in society, such that they were forced to live away from the community in their own colonies. So in Jesus' time, there were colonies of lepers. Now, they were the place that your kids were told never to go. They were told themselves never to come near anybody. Actually, lepers had a demand over their life that if they ever walked into a group of people, they had to Everybody know by yelling out, unclean, unclean. Imagine having to walk down to Garden City or down to Westfield or Coomera. And and the minute you walked into the shopping centre, because of the disease that you carried, you had to announce with your own mouth your uncleanliness. That was the life and the lot of the leper. Why? Because their their disease was contagious and infectious and no one wanted to touch them. So here's a man that has carried this disease his whole life. It's become his identity. It's become his community. It's become the way he's had to introduce himself to everybody. We don't even know his name. We just know that he's a leper and he's unclean. Well, news of what Jesus was doing had made it into the leper colonies. And this particular day, a leper comes to see Jesus in Mark's Gospel chapter 1. And it says this, From verse 40, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. Notice that he kneels in front of Jesus. And he says, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. So the Bible says now, moved with compassion, Jesus spoke a word of healing over his love. No, 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 moved with compassion. Jesus did what? reached out and touched him. Don't lose the power in this moment. Nobody touched a leper. And he knew that nobody touched him. He knew that he wasn't deserving of touch because of what everyone had told him. But Jesus moved with compassion, reached out and touched him. As I said, sometimes Jesus knows the very thing we need the most. And he says to him, I am willing, to be healed. A man that was never touched received the touch of Jesus. And the Bible tells us this, instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. What Jesus did with his hands showed us what was in his heart. What Jesus did with his hands showed us what was in his heart. Jesus used his hands to bless those in society that everybody overlooked. Jesus used his hands to bring healing to the broken and the downtrodden. Jesus used his hands to extend grace to his enemies. Jesus used his hands to go into the world of the most despised, untouched, unlovable and to bring healing to them. This is the heart of God. And as his people we have to hear His heart because what we do with our hands will show people what Jesus has done in our heart. Let me say that again. What Jesus has done with His hands shows what's in His heart. But what we do with our hands will show people what Jesus has done in our heart. I just wanna make three comments about this this morning that I hope are gonna be helpful to some of us. And the first is this. Faith is not about what happens to you when you die, even though that's an important part of it. It's about the invitation Jesus gives you to be part of bringing heaven to earth while you live. Let's get a hold of this. Faith is not just what happens to you when you die. We've given this dialogue that says, you making yourself right with God is the thing of ultimate importance. And it is. We have to make ourselves right with God. We have to accept his grace and his invitation to be our savior. But that's not a pause button in our life that says, well, now I just kick back and wait till my eternal reward. No, 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 no. Jesus said to people, come and follow me. And where Jesus went, he had stuff to do. So faith is not just about now kicking back, getting comfortable and waiting till one day you inherit eternal glory. No, 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 faith is actually a mission that God gives you to bring heaven to earth here and now. My my nana, my dad's mum, just a wonderful lady, died at the age of 100 a couple of years ago. And I have one lasting memory that'll always stick with me about my nana and it was her generosity. You see, the, the thing she that happened when my my grandmother passed away was she died with nothing in this world. She lived in a one-bedroom flat where her bed was in the same room as her clothes, wardrobe, as her rocking chair. She lived in a, a great home of care where they loved her and cared for her, but she had nothing material left in this world. You see, she used everything she had to give it out in her life. So that when she died, she had the joy of actually being privy to the way God used the things that he blessed her with. You see, some of us live a life that says, I'm just going to build up this great inheritance. And then we're never going to actually see the way it gets used. And I'm not just talking financially now. I'm talking about our gifts, our talents, our time. And I am also talking about our money. My, my, My grandmother showed me what it was like to actually live a life that helped bring heaven to earth here and now by using what God had given her and being privy and part of the journey that God wanted to use her on. You see, when you come to faith in Jesus, it's not time to get comfortable, it's time to get busy. It's actually time to get busy because what God says to you is, welcome to the family. Now, can you help me actually make a difference in bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth? And one day God will rule and reign over all things and we'll see that expression in its fullness. But it's not time to get comfortable, it's time... To get busy. The question I have for you this morning is what has God got for you to do right now? What does He need you to do because of the the hands that He's given you? And some of us have been given hands that are creative, some of us have been given hands that are practical, some of us have been given office hands but are going to be able to be useful in creating things that help others do life well. How does God want you to use the hands that He's given you? Broader question what are we going to be part of together? If you look around this room and look at all the people that are in this room and you think, well, God has placed us together here in this space at this time. Why just to enjoy each other's company? Absolutely. Why just because it's a good idea to do church on Sundays? Absolutely. No, but I think it's so much more than that. And I think as we discover the richness of the more, we discover the life that God's always called us to, where God put us together as a group of people to be bigger together than we are in our own, to be better together than we are in our own and together to bring heaven to earth in this community because we exist together. Let's not miss our opportunity and our time. Because in 10 years' time, we probably won't all be here together. But right now, God's got us here together. So let's utilise all that we have for His glory in our community. See, faith's not just about what happens when you die. That's an important part of it. It's about what God wants to do in you while you live. Second thing I wanna say is this. Even the smallest touch can transform someone's life. Even the smallest touch can transform someone's life. Think about what God's placed in your hands. See, one of the things that we get caught up on, and I am many of you, I'm just assuming this because I have a lot of conversations that would suggest that this is true in any group of people you go and find. There's a lot of people that say, I don't know how God could use me. What have I got to give? Sometimes it's the simplest touch that can bring transformation into someone's life. If God's blessed you with the resources and the capacity to cook, You don't know the power of a meal into someone's hurting, broken circumstances. If someone's given you hands to create, You don't know the way, the things that you create, the the songs that you write, the letters that you write, the, the chords that you play might bring blessing into someone's life. If you're a practical person, if you're just, you've got hands that are good at building stuff, you don't know how getting your hands dirty and building stuff for others might bring transformation into someone's life. You see, it's not rocket science. It's often the small things that we do that God uses to transform someone's life. God might use your hand very simply to extend the hand of welcome to a stranger and it might be that very act that might transform their experience of the church and their willingness to experience Jesus and their desire to serve him for all the days of their life because you extended a hand of welcome. God might use you in the way you serve and you might not even know the person that you serve but you might hand something to somebody one day and the way you do it and the fact that you did it might be the very thing that God uses to transform their life. God might have given you hands that are gifted to, to actually build wealth and the way you use them to hand that to others might be the very way that God uses you to transform someone's life. It's not rocket science, even the smallest touch can transform someone's life. Thirdly, I just want to say this: it's really nice, isn't it, when Jesus touches the leper and he's healed? That'd be a great moment, It'd be a great moment of celebration. Here is a man who is now made clean through the touch of Jesus. But here's the thing that was true for Jesus and is going to be true for a whole bunch of us. Sometimes being Jesus' hands and feet, sometimes reaching out, touching others, can be incredibly costly and incredibly inconvenient. Listen to the back end of that passage. So Jesus has come, the lepers kneel before him. He's reached out with compassion. He's touched him. He said, I'm willing to heal you. Be made clean. The leprosy leaves the man. And then in verse 43, Jesus says this. Jesus sent the man on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. And take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. You see, there was a process that was in place in Jesus' community that says if you think you've been cleansed of leprosy, the priest needs to give you the tick of approval. Don't do that anymore. Like if you need need your skin condition pronounced clean, don't come to me, go to a doctor. But in Jesus' day, it was the priest you went to. So Jesus says, don't tell anyone, but go to the priest and let him examine you. This will be a public testimony that you've been cleansed. But the man went. In other words, the man did exactly what Jesus told him not to do. One day he's going to have to face Jesus in glory and explain why he did this. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And that's what happens sometimes when people have a touch from heaven, isn't it? They just can't stop talking about it. So Jesus says, don't tell anyone. He goes and starts telling everybody. Spreads the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places. But people from everywhere kept coming to him. sometimes reaching out to others can be costly and inconvenient. There was a cost to Jesus to heal the leper. The man's life was transformed, but Jesus' identity in the community was now transformed. He couldn't go anywhere without being noticed. He was like an instant celebrity. Every town he walked into, the crowds gathered around him. All the lepers were finding him. Everyone that had any sickness or illness had heard on the grapevine of this man that touched a leper and made him clean. Jesus, in that moment, lost his anonymity and became an incredibly in high demand. I want to say something to some of you that are caring, and every time you do it, there's something in your spirit that says, "Oh, there's just people just suck so much out of me." Guess what? That's what happened when Jesus started touching people. If you've been given the capacity and the resources to bless and help others, there's always gonna be more that need help. It can be tiring, costly, and inconvenient. Jesus came in high demand because in one moment he chose to use his hands to bring healing to a leper. If we choose to use our hands to bring hope and healing to a broken world, there's gonna be a cost. At times it's gonna be inconvenient. At times it's gonna lead to more when all we wanna do is find less. But we live in a really hurt, broken world. And Jesus is just looking for people that say, here's my hands and I'm willing. I don't have much, but what I have is yours. Use me, Jesus, to do whatever you need me to do. Use me to bring heaven to earth. Use me to bring hope and healing. Use my gifts, use my time, use my skills, use my money whatever it is I have Jesus it's yours and if you say that to God he will use you to bring hope and healing to people there's days that it's going to cost you everything but how are you going to let God use your hands to bring hope and healing to a broken world Jesus touched a leper and the cost was great for him but not as great as the cost that he would pay sometime later when he decided that you and I were that worth it, that he would allow people to take his hands and take a metal spike and drive them through his hands so he could be hung up on a cross so that you and I could see just how far God was willing to go to show us what was in his heart for us. You see, God brought healing to the leper. God brought healing to the ear of his enemy whose ear had been cut off. God touched the blind man. God blessed the children. All of those things showed us what God was like, but ultimately, God showed us just how deep his love and his heart for us went when he allowed his hands to be hung on a cross. Open, bloodied for all to see. You see, no one, Jesus Jesus wanted to say something in the cross. He said, no one is beyond the reach of my love. No one is outside the realm of my grace and my forgiveness. If you're downcast, if you're outcast, if you hold a different ideology to me, If you've rejected me all your life, if you're my enemy, guess what? No one is beyond the reach of my love. And ultimately, as we stare at Jesus' hands nailed to a cross, we see God's heart for us. And you and I are invited to follow in the footsteps of that Saviour, bringing hope and healing into our community. Father God, I just want to thank you that no one, no one was beyond your reach. Thank you, Jesus, that you used your hands to bring hope, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to show kindness and compassion, to show welcome, and ultimately in the greatest act of love to show all people for all time how much you love them by allowing your hands to be nailed to a tree. Father God, as we reflect on what you've done for us, I want to pray that we would take up the invitation to be your hands and feet in our communities, in our neighbourhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our universities, on our job sites. God, when we walk in the supermarket, Lord, wherever we go, would we show people through the way we use our hands that there is a God in heaven that loves them so much that no one is beyond his reach. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.